0: Hello folks and welcome back to Unseen, the podcast where we chat about some of the brilliant projects happening at Queen's Hall Arts Centre, the creative heart of the community. Each episode will go behind the scenes and lift the curtain on the graft and inspiration that it takes to turn amazing ideas into amazing projects. And as well as bringing you wonderful interviews and stories, we're also going to do a bit of a Queen's Hall newsletter to keep you updated on some of the brilliant things that are going on here that everyone can enjoy. So for those of you that have not listened before, my name is Bridie and I am here with Kelly France, Marketing Lead for Queen's Hall. Hello, Kelly. Hello. It's good to be back. It's lovely to see you and it's uh, very exciting to hear what's going to be going on in the next little while at Queen's Hall.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, It's a really good time, actually, to do a new episode. Uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. We've just announced our autumn season um, a few weeks ago, and we've already got a few shows under our belt. Um, And it's probably one of our busiest yet. So, yeah, there's loads, lots and lots to come. Um, And there's also our 40th anniversary in October as an arts center. Yes. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye on our social channels because we'll be making lots of exciting announcements and things to get involved in. Um, But if we deep dive into the month ahead, I've forced myself to just pick one event from each art form. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I think we could be here all week. Um, And it was really hard, really, really tricky. But here we go. Um, So like I said, we've got a few shows under our belt from the new season. um, And we've got a few sold out shows that we've had recently for comedy. So we've had Ed Byrne and Gary Delaney um, already. So our comedy season really is in full swing. Um, and we're delighted to welcome Jo Caulfield soon to Hexham for her very first visit. So that's exciting, um, and she's here on Thursday, the nineteenth of October. And some of the Queen's Hall team um, actually went to Edinburgh Fringe for a bit of an away day. Oh, yeah, fun! I know it was. It was really fun. We saw. I think we saw six shows in one day. So it was... oh, you
0: really did the proper Edinburgh thing. Yeah, and packed yeah, yeah. It in.
1: <laughs> Early, early morning set off mm. and late back, uh, late night back. Um, so it was brilliant. Um, but there was a real buzz around Joe's show that she was presenting mm-hmm. there. Um, but we couldn't get a ticket. There was no tickets left. So all of the team are kind of waiting until she brings Here Comes Trouble to Queen's Hall just to see what all of us is about. Um, and yeah, it's not just audiences that think she's great. She was recently voted the comedians comedian of the year, which is sounds very exciting. Quite an accolade. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, and she's had loads of amazing reviews. So if you go on our website, that's just. Brilliant quote after brilliant quote after brilliant quote. Um, So yeah, we're really excited for her to come and uh, you can still grab tickets. There's still some tickets available um, and you can see Joe here on Thursday the 19th of October. Um, Next up on the music front. Oh, we're really excited. We've got From Gold to Rio coming. So that's one of the events um, programmed to help us celebrate our 40th anniversary. Um, And it promises to take us back to the new romantic era, of course, uh, with the hits of Spando Ballet and Duran Duran. Um,
0: That's going to be so
1: fun. I know. It's it's basically just songs that everyone knows and loves. And it's kind of that real kind of feel good, feel good music. Um, And there's going to be a full eight piece live band alongside Chris Clark, who portrays Simon Le Bon um and lee james who takes on tony hadley um and i just think we're in for a really fun evening we're hoping some people will even dress for the occasion um (laughs) and maybe make it onto our social channels um yeah and just join us to have a really great night and that's on sunday the 8th of october and tickets are flying out for that so if that's one you want to come along to um grab them now while you still can um and then For younger audiences, our next family show is a really exciting one. So we've got the award-winning Splash Test Dummies coming all the way from Australia. Um, If you haven't heard of them before, they are world-class circus artists. um, And they've performed at all kind of weird and wonderful festivals and venues across the globe. um, And we're excited for them to be coming to Hexham. We've been told to expect lots of slapstick comedy. Um, I think things like audience participation as well and just general kind of silliness um, that we know our family audiences will really enjoy. And that's here for just one performance. They usually do kind of long performances for festivals and things, but we've bagged just one performance on Sunday the 15th of October. Um, So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I, I don't think I've worked on a circus show yet for Queen's Hall, so that's... That's one to look at. I know. And apparently the theater space, the main stage at Queen's Hall, can really hold circus work really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, And then moving on to theater. That was a bit of a whistle Mm -hmm. stop too, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I've seen Luca Rutherford's work before, um, and I'm really looking forward, because I've seen her before, I'm really looking forward to her bringing You Heard Me to Queen's Hall this autumn. And I know you had the pleasure of chatting with Luca Bridey um, to find out more about the piece. Shall we have a listen?
0: Yeah, this was, um, it was a real, it felt, it kind of felt like a bit of a privilege actually yeah. to get to speak to Luca. She was just very considered, very sensitive, very poignant. Yeah. It was just a, a really wonderful opportunity to chat to her about her work. Um just a little um, note for you all that there are. We did have a couple of technical issues with the mm. recording for this. Um, there's just a few moments where it glitches slightly, um, but please bear with because with us. it's really yeah. <laughs> stick with us because it really is um, a really wonderful conversation. Let's have a listen. Let's. So hi, Luca, it's absolutely lovely to have you with us on this next episode of the Unseen Podcast. Hi, yeah. (laughs) Um, And generally how we start these things is we ask our guest just to kind of introduce themselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do in your own words.
2: Great. Well, hello, everybody. I am Luca Rutherford, and I make theatre. And the the theatre that I describe that I make is I make performances, so it's not plays with characters in them. Sometimes I'll collaborate with other people, and that involves characters or different kind of stories. But in my own work, it's very much live performance in a sense it is normally a heightened version of me in the room it's quite physical there's integrated lighting and sound in what I do the design is very also part of the art of the work um, yeah outside of theatre I make public art and sometimes short film and sometimes sound art um so kind of a mixed bag of lots of things sometimes dance theater as well um but that's kind of relatively newer to my practice
0: oh wow what a brilliant range of different different things that's so fantastic and um kind of leading on to that um you're bringing Mm. your show you heard me to queen's hall on i believe friday the 20th of october i hope i've got that right Um, (laughs) (laughs) five points um and it would be really great if you could tell us a bit about this piece and perhaps also kind of leaning into what you just said kind of what Mm. of those parts of your kind of professional practice it draws from
2: yeah definitely so you heard me is very much a really physical piece um And it's only me performing on stage, but I like to think of it as me performing on stage with sound as also a performer and lighting as a performer. Because the set is kind of, it's made up of these booms and anyone who doesn't know lighting that well, it's basically a stand with four different lights on top of each other so kind of big vertical stand of lights and there's eight of those so it creates kind of this what can feel like a really claustrophobic space and can feel like a really massive expansive space so the lights are kind of sometimes this beautiful power that i'm with or this kind of scary being essence um But Bethany Gutwell, who made the lights, and Melanie Wilson, who designed all the sound, they've done that in the room as I've also been, you know, figuring out the physicality. So it's very much like the three of us, sounds, lighting, and me and my physicality, are all kind of working together. Um, Yeah, so the piece for an audience hopefully feels really visceral. We're kind of all there going on this essentially a journey with, with you know, any theatre. I think you, you meet this new world, you go on a journey through it, and then you end and go out into the real world. Um, but yeah, You Heard Me is essentially about the messiness of connecting to your power. And with um, our story, that's, so, that's kind of told through a very personal experience for me, but we all go through that together and at the end hopefully we're left with this like fired up feeling and and I think what I'm really what I love about the work is it's so specific to a kind of true story that I've gone through but I think power and how we connect to our power and the trickiness of that is so universal so I think what felt really important for me is that I'm not saying, oh, I went through this really hard time and out of it, I'm now this absolutely amazing being that's powerful all the time and I never apologize when it's not my fault or I I never make myself smaller than I want to be. That's not the case. Like I went through something. It made me understand what my power is and actually still... I find it really tricky, I find it really tricky sometimes and I'll find myself apologizing or being small or, you know, quite like taking the space that I want to and I think that's really interesting for us to talk about and hold and kind of understand that I think in small communities or as a wider community, it's, there is a power in each of us to kind of each other's power it's like how can you have a voice use your voice and at the same time learn how to truly listen to the people around you so I'm interested in like yeah how we lift each other up as well as ourselves and I think joy is a really important part of that and that's kind of what's also present in you heard me like how do we kind of come up against what's really hard and scary and at the same time how can we connect to small bits of joy or big bits of joy and kind of understand that all of that exists at the same time so like pain exists with healing scariness exists with hope and joy exists with exhaustion or a feeling of just being like I won't give up for a bit. Um, yeah,
0: sorry, I've gone quite vague and abstract. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's 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 really really interesting. Particularly, I I'm so I'm so fascinated by the phrase that you use the the messiness of connecting to your power. Yeah. I just I think that's well, it is just a really powerful way of talking about something which is just in intrinsically a very complicated thing to be especially if it's something which is a relatively new state for a Mm, person um and it would be really interesting to hear a little bit more about yeah about what what you mean about that in relation to the themes of the piece yeah for
2: sure so you know i feel very careful talking about the themes of the piece because they're they're, they're
0: loaded
2: it contains references to sexual violence and you know feel very um with anyone listening or coming to see the show, that their safety is at the heart of it. So with You Heard Me, it's essentially the story of me sharing with an audience, being attacked by someone, and that story contains references to sexual violence which I don't think we need to go into now, but feels really important to kind of talk about, as you said, that's at the core of this. And really, in a Thinking about power, you know, personally, it took me being attacked to realize actually what my worth is, how I hold myself, how I cherish myself and how I love myself, which, you know, can feel like a platitude or a cliched thing actually in practice. It's really big and really hard and very odd for me that was like oh how come it took you know the scariest worst experience of my life to actually understand the kind of beautiful and profound thing actually and i kind of i don't know if i hadn't have been attacked hopefully when i become a much older woman, what that journey would have been. But I know now that I think, oh, the being attacked kind of fast tracked a journey for me that I think maybe what I would have learned by 65, I feel like I've started to learn in bed now. But as you said, it is messy. It's not like I'm like, oh, I understand what my worth truly is, so I never settle for anything less than what my worth is. That's not the case. Like, and the reason I wanted to make the show is that, you know, there was this horrible experience, but actually I learned loads of useful things out of it. And that is what I would like to share with an audience. But we kind of have to go through that story so that we can come out the other side and exist with the messiness because we've gone to the dark places and all of these things still exist like me telling the story hasn't solved all the things that were hard or difficult or you know things that we don't want to confront um yeah and I think the the messiness is that actually holds so much you know if it was like the show is about owning your power it it somehow makes it feel straightforward or if anyone in the audience is thinking well I feel powerful but I don't feel like I truly connect to that power oh the show isn't for me like that's not what this show is about like this show for people who feel really shy as well as people who are really loud and people who feel really big and people who feel small because i think like we all contain essences of that all the time um but all of us have our own unique power and all of us will probably take a lifetime trying to figure that out um yeah does that feel like it
0: got I feel like I've got a very good pattern of rambling, so <laughs> Every, I, I, I love a bit of a ramble. Don't worry. I think um, the thing I found really, really fascinating about what mm. your response is that you you talked about fast tracking and how mm. I think quite a lot of people have said when they experience a traumatic event mm. um, that's outside of their normal pattern of living, yeah it forces them to think deeply about something that perhaps was in the periphery of their minds before. And it's not saying that it's a good thing. These things happen. We are not saying that at all. Of course we're not, but it it puts you in a position where you simply have to engage with those things. Otherwise you're going to become quite messed up by them. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. I found it really poignant that you, you kind of talked about how if this hadn't happened to you, you think you might've been literally 65 before you'd had these kind of realizations about yourself that's really interesting yeah and also to echo you you know it's
2: hard to talk about these things because sadly many people will have their own stories or histories that you know involve sexual violence so as you said it's not saying it's good that this has happened And at the same time, it's just saying like all it exists at the same time and out of it, something so deeply traumatic has, yeah, like you said, led on to also, as well as pain and so on, figuring all of that out, really brilliant things at the same time. But it's also what feels really important with the show is that I'm saying what happened to me and... And then how I got out of it is the way to do it. Like, it's just in that moment at that time, that's what happened for me. It's not making any judgment on anyone else's experience, which is why we've also kind of labeled it as such a personal and true story. But to come back to what you're saying about the fast tracking, this very strange thing during the attack is this sound came out of me that was just like felt beyond my control. And I had never made that much noise ever in my life. And I was just a bit like, whoa, who's this? And I was like, oh, it's actually me. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, it's this very strange kind of like bodily being. And it, it it was that kind of sound actually that made me be like, Whoa, I didn't realize I had that much power because it was like absolutely so unapologetic, like totally unashamed. Just like, I'm here, I'm really big, and I'm really powerful.
0: I'm really interested in the creation process, particularly because although it's a solo performance piece, you've always yeah. said it's part there, it is essentially an ensemble and that lots of people have contributed hugely to both the art, to to the creative process. But I'm also, I'm really interested in in that and kind of hearing a little bit about how, what it was like when you were creating the piece. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm also wondering if, because it's such a piece of such a personal nature, if if you kind of, it's, it's important that there's a team of people around you as opposed to working on something like this on your own. A hundred percent.
2: I think if I hadn't made this show, if I'd made the show on my own, I actually wouldn't have made the show. Mm-hmm. I, I would have, there's like multiple opportunities where I would just sort of on. nah, it's not for me. Um, what's very odd about this show is it actually started off, I was talking to Maria Crocker who directed mm-hmm. it and I, I approached Maria by saying, would you like to make a, a show with me about... Um, Viking warriors but all the women Viking warriors because I don't think shield maidens get enough credit I love that and (laughs) she was like yeah great and the attack happened during that and I I can't make a show about shield maidens but I have to make a show about this Um, but Maria was brilliant Maria was like you know, work with you if you also get some personal therapy and I was like wow. oh, don't want to do that actually it was amazing and I then had therapy for three years but I think it's like the kind of the power of being in a really nourishing collective mm. is that you know artistically but as well as personally because I'm kind of have historically been like oh I'm fine like mm. I'll, I'll be able to articulate my emotions very well, but also I'm just fine and get on with it. Whereas with, as the team grew, the kind of the care and the philosophy behind that, which is kind of then like rippled out into the show.
0: My, my final question is, what do you want the audience to take away from this? What do you want them to be telling their friends the next day about the experience of being at this show? I've got lots of feelings about this. What I'd love them to tell their friends is actually
2: no words and be like, I want to see this show. And it was just like, oh.
0: and I feel like, oh <laughs> I love that. I think just lots of sound effects. Lots, lots of sound, sound effects. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think what I would, my intention with the
2: piece is that each person who comes to see the show has a moment to start a conversation with themselves about actually understanding that they are fierce. And I think, but what is really important that I'm saying to an audience, like you are fierce and you are powerful. It's like I'm offering a space where we can all think about ways in which we, we are powerful or where we're at with thinking about our own power and where we're at with thinking about our own way of being fierce it is for anyone that's been underestimated anyone that's been told to shut up, anyone that's been made to feel smaller than they want to be and anyone who's been afraid to walk home so it's speak to everyone you know but just what I hope at the end of the show is that space feels like it expands out and hopefully everyone sitting in the audience feels like they get to expand out into that space but hopefully it makes people think about how they get to be fierce with their own power.
0: I think that was a absolutely beautiful response and a perfect way to wrap this up so Luca thank you so much for your Beautiful and honest words, and everybody, go and get your tickets for this show because it, it just sounds like it's going to be really special. Thank, awesome. you. Thank you. So that was the amazing Luca Rutherford uh, reflecting on her show. You heard me, which is coming to Queens Hall on Friday, the twentieth of October. Kelly, what did you what did you take from that conversation?
1: I think it's really interesting how, um, how Luca talks about messiness, um, messiness of her journey, of her work. And I think that really kind of reflects how authentic and rooted in, in Luca's true and kind of real life experience, the pieces, I guess, um, that really kind of came across and just, yeah, felt quite unusual for people to talk about messiness from, from the get go. Um, and I also think it's clear that the way Luca talks about the piece, um, It's much more of a kind of experience, a rounded experience than a straight traditional play on stage um, with really considered lighting and sound design um, that hopefully leaves people feeling kind of fired up and and ready to take up their own space and have conversations with other people um, and be ready to listen as well. I think that really came across in what Luca was saying is that we can take up our own space and Think about how our voice is heard, but also listen, listen to others and what they've got to say.
0: Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Um, I thought it was a, it's a really interesting take on the notion of how you use your personal experiences to make art, but to make art Mm. in a way that is really cathartic for yourself, but also genuinely helpful for others. Mm. Um, And doing that Mm. in like a really thoughtful and sensitive way. Yeah, so make sure that you get to see this amazing show. It really is an amazing opportunity um, to see something I think really innovative and interesting and special. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, how do people find, um, find out about the shows, buy tickets and all of that jazz, Kelly? <laughs>
1: Well, as always, they can head over to our website, um, which is www.queenshall.co.uk. And if you are heading to our website in October, you should hopefully see a new website that we're working on Very behind exciting. the scenes. So that'll have had a little bit of a facelift uh, with some lovely new branding, just in time for our 40th anniversary. Um, and you can also keep an eye on our social channels. So if you just search for Queen's Hall Hexham, that should come up in whichever channel you're on
0: amazing stuff and we will be back before christmas uh, with more amazing interviews and conversations so look forward to catching up to you, up with you then bye everyone yep.
2: bye, bye.